Welcome in to Talking Catholic with David O'Gray. Welcome back in. I was about to say welcome in to the David O'Gray Show on Guadalupe Radio Network because as you um, know, today is Wednesday, so it's hum day. So I'm supposed to be on a Guadalupe Radio Network. But um, as some of you should know, I guess, you know, the Texas is under the weather. So it's, it's having some issues with the weather right now. So my producer, Sissel, has not been able to get into the studio all week. So we're not in the studio. Um, so we won't be a, have a David O'Gray show voicing truth and reason today, but hopefully we'll be back next week. And, uh, but I was thinking about, you know, if I think about Texas, you know, God bless Texas. I love Texas. Uh, but Texas, you know, in, they've always been talking about they have to separate from the union, right? I think it's, it's happened more recently since the, this recent election and issues surrounding that. They said, oh, we're going to become our own state. No. Listen, as you guys get the whole power grid situation fixed, figured out, you cannot become your own state. I mean, on your own country. You cannot become your own country until you get your power grid situation figured out. You can't, you can't do that. Until you can give all your people power, you're not allowed to be your own country. You're not, I don't care if you have what the 10th largest GDP in the whole world, you have all the oil, all the natural resources. No, if you can't get power figured out, you can't be your own country. And it's the same with California. You can't separate from a union either can't be your own country until you guys get wildfires figured out until you can take care of your own wildfires you're not allowed to be your own country this is just basic you know kids can't move out the house if they can't if they're not to pay bills you know i have a younger daughter you know she's still living with me but you know she wants to go get her own apartment it's like hey until you figured out money and figured out you can't go to amazon every day um to buy whatever you want you know you, you can't move out you're not responsible i'm not gonna be paying your bills so no you gotta no texas love you but you can't be your own you can't be your own country right now so hopefully we'll be back in the studio next week but until then the show continues today it's still pro-life wednesday and um after the break i'll be bringing in one of my favorite people in the world you've heard her on the david l gray show before it is mrs janique stewart we're going to be talking about a recent episode of the good doctor on abc that tried to normalize so-called transgender pregnancy and um, we probably might have enough time to touch um, on um, cancel culture and uh, maybe talk about The Bachelor. If not, we don't get to Bachelor, uh, maybe next Pro-Life Wednesday in March, if Janique is available because she's so busy speaking. Um, but she'll hopefully be, maybe be able to come back on to talk about that, how Hollywood glamorizes and celebrates the culture of death. So stay tuned for that right after the introduction to Talking Catholic. It's Lent. It's Lance. I went to Mass today, got the ashes on my scalp. That was new. Um, I was looking forward to like, you know, you know how you ask Wednesday, you know, the priest always puts this little smudge on your head. It never looks like a cross. So I was going to like with a Sharpie, I was going to like put a, a cross on my forehead and just ask the priest, hey, hey, Father, can you just paint within the lines, stay within the lines, get a good cross this year? But no, had the, had this, the forehead thing. So ashes to ashes, dust to dust. That was different. But Everyone always talking about, hey, I got to give up something for Lent. Lent is not about giving something up. You know, you really think about Lent, the 44 days of Lent. We're talking about Jesus on his way to Calvary. And when Jesus got to Calvary, did he give up chocolate? Did he give up TV? Did he give up the internet? Did he give up social media? No, he gave up his life, his whole life, all his life for us, for our salvation. So Lent is not about giving up something. It's about giving up all. It's about giving up the, the gifts that God has given you, the resources that God has given you. Um, 
what is let's re really reflect upon this this whole idea of what Lent is about. Let's just spend some time reflecting and thinking about that. Lent is about prayer, it's about fasting, almsgiving. Those three things: prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And so those three areas, what more, where can I give all? How can I give all in those areas? Prayer, fasting, all, where can I give all of myself in prayer? How do I do that? How do I give all myself in prayer? How do I give all of myself in almsgiving? How do I give all of myself in fasting? So let's get away from the whole chocolate and internet thing. Um, don't want to hear it. I think it's cute, but it's really, it's not, it's not, it's not imitation of, of Christ. It's not, it's not, it's not the really, the calling of really, of what Jesus was doing here during, as we approach Easter, giving up all of himself. So let's go deeper. Let's get deeper into this thing. So let's think more deeply about this for the next 44 days. Shout outs. Hey, got Robin, Robert Corbin in the house, Red Hat Duck, Brat's mom. Um, yeah, Brat's, we're going, so we're going to touch about it on Grey's Anatomy as well, because they had a play on this. And um, so, yeah, so glad all you guys are here. I don't know more are coming, and but until but let's get this show on the road. Let's bring in Janique. Let's um let's talk. Can you hear me? I can hear you fine, Miss Janique. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so this is Miss Janique's story. So you've um seen her heard her before on a david o gray show but let me give for those who have not so let me give you a brief introduction uh, janique is a pro-life speaker and apologist at life training institute and executive director at love protects she is an international speaker on topics of human sexuality chastity and pro-life issues she's phenomenal she's been a beauty pageant winner which as you can see that's not a far stretch um and she's a leader in pharmaceutical sales. And for the past 10 years, she's been a uh, pro-life, a leader in the pro-life and the uh, sexual chastity movement. To learn more about her, you can type in her name, Janique Stewart, in your web browser, and she comes up everywhere. You spell her name, J-N-N-I-Q-U-E. Janique, where else can people find you? Is that is that a good place to start? Hello? Oh, yeah. So where else can people find you? Is that a good place to start? Uh, yes, that's exactly. So they can go to ProLifeTraining.com and then also LoveProtects.com. Yeah. Yes. And so how's it going? Very well. Very well. I actually came back from New York. I was actually in New York for almost a month speaking out there. And uh, now I'm back in the Midwest where we had a lot of snow here in St. Louis. <laughs> right. Right. So I didn't know you were on a whole month tour in New York. So you're going to different types of schools. I know you're doing Catholic yes, schools. Mostly well. predominantly Catholic schools, as well as Protestant. And then I also spoke at a couple of churches as well. Wow. Wow. You guys don't know this. Um, so Janique, if she's actually, when I say I'm, you know, in greater St. Louis area, I'm actually in Illinois. So I'm closer to Scott Air Force Base. But Janique is actually over there. So we're experiencing the same weather over here. And I say, I think I told you this before, I um, moved here in 2017. This is the most snow I've ever seen here. Is this, is this normal? Was it like this when you were growing up? Well, I didn't actually grow up here. I did go to school in like Belleville East High School for four years. Oh. And then I went to Greenville Christian College. Then I moved to Fort Lauderdale, but I actually grew up in Europe. 
So in Germany and in the Netherlands. So oh. I didn't grow up there, but I will say I re I was in Florida. I relocated back here about two years ago. And I told my mom, I'm like, I don't remember getting this much snow. Like in the last two or three years, I'm like this is crazy. So this is definitely a lot of snow right now is snowing in fact so yeah oh snowing out there again i've been down it in the is. basement since about 12 o'clock so oh because see i was on the road so yes it is snowing <laughs> right now <laughs> so let's jump into it let me let me let me kind of introduce what we're talking about yes. and then um because i know you have some some great things to say that will that will help us so um so the good doctors it's a it's a medical show on, on abc and so it's in season four now. In episode nine, there's an episode called Irresponsible Salad Bar Practices, which was a subplot of the whole show. Didn't have anything to do with it. Anyway, a person comes in into the hospital by the name of Rio Gutierrez, and he's there for some medical issues. And they find out that he has what's called a life-threatening, it's called a pituitary tumor. That's a life-threatening issue. But then something interesting happens. This is the twist. Um, so he's in there and all of a sudden he's getting the ultrasound and this happened. But there's no way that you're pregnant. So you'll cut into his brain. Our safest option is to go in through the nasal cavity in what's known as a transphenoidal surgery, TSS for short. It's less invasive than our other option. That still sounds dangerous. I've made up my mind. Do I get any say in this? I'm all for us having a family, but I'm not ready to- No one's ever ready for kids. Yesterday you said that you never considered getting pregnant and now you're willing to risk your life for it. So, Janique, what's going on here? Well, this is very interesting. Number one, we have to remember that a very small percentage of the country is even transsexual, okay, to begin with. But there is a movement, there is definitely a push, not only on this show, but in many different shows, even when you look at legislation. You know, you've heard it said that art imitates life. Well, I believe now what we're seeing is an intentional push for art to impact life versus life. But, you know, basically life will now impact art. That's what mm. they're trying to push. And so I think with this whole ideology, because the narrative at work in this episode, and like I said, even all throughout the culture right now, is a push toward gender non-conforming ideology and sexuality. So the whole notion that men can get pregnant is what they're actually trying to push. But we also know that he is not a male, he is actually female. So what we're looking at is a woman who is pregnant. The woman happens because she's been on hormones, now has a beard. So her face might look like that. I mean, here's what we have to remember. There is a such thing as reality. And you can do everything within your power to try and fool yourself in the mirror, but your biology is not fooled. Right. And in fact, I don't know if you're going to play the clip, but there is a clip where the doctor, one of the doctors, or who is considered the good doctor, actually is on the Asperger's or autism spectrum. And one of the things that he does actually ask the, the patient, he says, you know, are you gay? He says, yeah. do you consider yourself to be gay? And, yeah. and 
the gentleman says, well, yes, because I am gay. And he says, but you have vaginal intercourse with your fiance. And I mean, that's how you got pregnant. And it's interesting when you watch the other doctors in the room. In fact, one of the head doctors says, Dr. Murphy, that's enough. That's enough. I think you should leave. And so he's kind of like bewildered, like, wait, what did I say that's wrong? Because what he said was factually correct. He says, you're having intercourse with your fiance. And that's how she got pregnant. Because that is the very nature of reality. So I want to kind of go to what are some false ideas that are present in the culture today? And even in this episode, there are three ideas that we need to learn from, three false ideas that are being promulgated by our society. The first idea, the first false idea is that sex and gender, they do not correspond to biology or reality. There is an intentional effort to divorce gender and sex from both sexuality and biology. So again, that first idea is that sex and gender, hey, that doesn't really correspond to our biology or reality, but it does. The second false idea is that there are no gender-based truths or realities that are inherent in our biology. So what do I mean by that? Well, for example, the idea that only women have ovaries, that only a woman can actually have a menstrual cycle tied to her ovaries, or men have sperm, or it's men that can impregnate a woman. A woman That is no longer seen as true statements that are inherent with regards to what it means to be male and what it means to be female. That biological systems that we have, our reproductive system, there's a such thing as a male reproductive system. There is a female reproductive system. It's denying that reality. But at the same time in the show, the reason this character Rio is pregnant is because Rio has ovaries, because Rio had vaginal intercourse with a man, the fiance, and that is how a human being has now come into existence. And furthermore, a human being that is now at risk for being aborted. They're looking at terminating this human being because it doesn't fit into their narrative. And that's the problem. We keep playing games, trying to change reality to fit a specific narrative. And then the very last false idea that I want to look at is that truth is whatever we feel and not what is self-evident. Self-evident is a terminology that even when you think of our founding fathers with the Declaration of Independence, they said we hold these truths to be self-evident. What does self-evident mean? It means that which is obvious and should be obvious to all. But if we look at this episode, again, the truth is what we feel. And not what is self-evident, that it's wrong to question or point out someone's natural biology, which is exactly what Dr. Murphy did. But they want us to believe that we should deny what we see as obvious and self-evident and true, and we should affirm simply what people feel. And let me play that first clip that you were talking about. And so we could talk about the first thing that you said. Um, that there's no correspondence between sex and gender. Perfect. Do you consider yourself gay? I don't think that. Yes, because I am gay. But you have vaginal intercourse with your fiance. That is how he Dr. got Murphy, pregnant. that's enough. I, I think I'm you should just, leave. I just want... 
And then there's a second clip of the same young doctor. I remember you saying he had autism. Yes. That's that corresponds to the same thing. Is this they're trying to separate biological gender from from gender dysphoria or from the, the sex you can you can just choose, I guess. You're, yes. Very good. I read that cisgender people often reduce transgender people to their genitalia and that that is offensive. Did I do that to you in Rio? Yes. I'm sorry. Rio will be going into surgery soon. He's been asking for you. You haven't been answering your phone. Thanks for letting me know. He is very confusing to me too. Rio has worked so hard. He had a bilateral subcutaneous mastectomy and takes hormone replacement therapy, but now he is choosing the most female act. It's not female if Rio's doing it. Yes. Now, I think when I first saw that first clip, I'll be honest with you, I was laughing my butt off. I mean, I was I was everywhere. I mean, I just my head hit the desk. I was <laughs> laughing because he's he's the only person in the room who got it, right? Exactly. And that I, I think is what's so beautiful about this is that this kind of reminds me of the emperor with the whole new clothes, remember? Where literally we have an, an emperor, you know, there, there's these designers that are coming in to make him these beautiful clothes and this whole thing called the emperor has new clothes, right? Yeah. And so they come in with these designers and they're like, oh, we're going to make you something lavish to wear. And what is the reality? The reality is that nobody wants to confirm that he's walking around pretty much naked. And it takes a child who was innocent, who sees things as they are, who doesn't buy into political correctness to say, wait a minute, he's naked. He has no clothes on. <laughs> and that's what we're dealing with is the innocence. He's not buying into the political correctness, whereas everyone else is. And Dr. Murphy is saying, well, wait a minute. I don't understand what the problem is, whereas everyone else is saying you need to leave. And then the doctor, after he leaves says i'm sorry that was inappropriate that was that was totally inappropriate what he said right 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 it's interesting that the truth is inappropriate right 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 it did it, it, get, get your life um she says um the first scene is correct all logical thinking people must leave the room <laughs> yes exactly the emperor has no clothes you know that's exactly what it is is there is no sense of logic. And this is also what's interesting when we're dealing with the medical field. The medical field is dealing in the realm of empirical truth, that which you can verify. So science, we know, it's interesting that even John Hopkins University years ago, they were the leading hospitals to do sex change operations. They were. And they got out of that business because they said what they found is that even though they thought they were making the patients happy, they were still unhappy after they had the surgery because it was a psychological issue, not a physical mm. issue. Mm. So they got out of it all together, but they would, they would even, one of the head doctors said, he confirmed, no matter how much you try and make a woman a man or a man a woman, their biology will always remain the same. I mean, right now I could have a trans operation they could remove parts of my body, 
But did you know that the biology, when I take blood tests, it's still going to reveal that I'm female. So right. we can try and do everything we can on the outside and we can try and affirm what my feelings are, but it doesn't change the nature of reality. Right, right. Yeah, it sounds like you're talking about your second point now, talking about some, there's no gender-based truth, which says there's, yes. because I'm always going to be an XX, I mean, sorry, XY chromosome person, always. I mean, there's nothing I can do to change that. I mean, you're always going to be XX, right? And even if I some do something manipulate my my, my genitalia i'm never going to have a menstrual cycle it's, it's just never going to happen no Sorry, never going to happen over this out. <laughs> but talk talk a little bit more about your your first point about sex um and sex and gender don't correspond yes there there is a problem again in our society and this is even being taught in the school system so for all those that are watching and listening please note that this is really critically important if you have children in school, you need to make sure you know what's been voted on, even at the school board level, because they're pushing this ideology in the schools. So even when it comes to them teaching sex education, now they're teaching sex education to suggest that sex does not correspond to gender and that sex and gender do not correspond to biology, but instead they correspond to your feelings. That is why I believe it was in Nebraska, or maybe it was Idaho or Iowa, they were basically said, you know, let's refer to children as purple penguins rather than using male, female pronouns. There mm. is a problem when we're trying to divorce our biology from sex and gender altogether and saying, well, we don't really know. Let's call them purple penguins because we haven't really asked them if they identify as a boy or if they identify as a female. But again, that is, that is a social construct that we're dealing with. And so it's very interesting because right now, like when I was actually speaking at a school and we were actually talking about this very issue and I said to the students, I said, when I walked in, I said, if something happened and if there was something tragic that happened at the school and let's say there was a fire and the fire alarms go off, but you can see the smoke, you can smell it and everyone's running in different directions. And then all of a sudden, they find out that, wait a minute, there's like 15 different people missing, including the speaker. Can you please describe the speaker? Because we're going to send in some firemen. Mm -hmm. How would you describe me? And they're all like, oh, miss. Okay, so it was, it was interesting. They're like, okay, female, brown, 30s, blah, blah, blah. And so they're going on with these descriptions. I said, well, wait a minute. I'm really offended because I don't identify as female. And I don't identify as brown. I said, actually, I'm a seven-year-old boy named Yao Ming. I'm Chinese. I'm Chinese. I'm a seven-year-old Chinese boy. I'm like, now, would you have described me as a seven-year-old Chinese boy to the firemen? They're like, and literally, now we're talking, 700 people are like this. Well, I mean, they're, they're, half of them don't even know what to say. I said, seriously, am I a seven-year-old? Am I seven years old? And still they're like, well, I said, how many of you by show of hands would say that I am seven years old? <laughs> we have like half of them raising their hands. But then the other half were like, no, no, she's not seven years old. I said, wait a minute, you called me a she. Am I a she or am I a boy? If I identify as, and am I brown? Am I considered black or would you say that I'm Chinese? And so there's this whole discussion with half the kids saying, no, this is ridiculous. And the other one saying, and one kid said, miss, 
this is really confusing. I said, are you supposed to be calling me miss? And everyone's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, call her a boy, call her ma'am. I'm like, okay, let's, okay, let's kind of put this aside now. Let's deal with reality. The yeah. reason why every single one of you at the very beginning said you would tell the fireman that there is a woman missing is because deep down, you know, that I'm a woman because you're dealing with the nature of reality. You're dealing with that, which is obvious. You know that I'm not seven years old because we cannot change that. I said, also dealing with height. I know you would not say that a seven-year-old is five, is five, six. I mean, come on, let, let's be honest here. And I know that you don't think that somehow I can change my ethnicity to become now a Chinese American. I mean, come on, let's really deal with the nature of reality. And then one of the young men said, he goes, miss, this is really confusing. And I said, why is this confusing? I said, when you look at me, what did you see? He's like, well, he's like, I did see that. He's like, but at the same time, wouldn't it be wrong? Wouldn't it be racist to refer to you as a female? I said, well, first, sex and gender is not an ethnicity or nationality. I said, but uh. second, why would it be wrong? He goes, well, because I thought the truth, and here it is, is whatever you want it to be. Oh, oh. And I said, where did you get that? He goes, from our teacher. And that is the problem, is that they're being indoctrinated to believe that truth is whatever you want it to be. That does, that work with, does that work with math still? Like if I went back to school now and if I wanted two plus two to be eight, can, can, I, can I get away with that now? Well, I do use the analogy. I'm like, let's say that when you're shopping and you're purchasing, you know, an Apple watch and it says that it's on sale at Christmas time <laughs> for $399. Are you expecting them to charge your credit card $700 when they said it's on sale for $399? Right. You expect there to be objective truth. And so that's part of the problem, David, is that we're dealing also with this denial that there is a such thing as objective truth, which is what you just mentioned. Two plus two is always going to be four, not 4.5, not eight and a half, and not 10, simply because it hurts my feelings for you to tell me the truth. Yeah. A couple of people in the comm box said a couple of things before we get to your second point uh -huh. that I wanted to to bring up because I think they're really serious issues that's going on in, in the school. The first one. Uh, so, Danielle, she says this is a very important issue that is taking over our children. Our children are having mental issues. Yes. Um, health issues are being encouraged to cut off biological body parts with future cons for, um, with uh, future consequences. Excellent point, Danielle. Did you read to read another one? Um, I have to find it. Okay. Well, while you're looking for that, I do want to acknowledge both. So far, both of the comments that we've heard are are spot on. Um, dealing with logic, the first comment, and then of course here with Danielle's. And Danielle, I also want to point out, I don't know if many people watching this are aware, this goes to legislation. They're actually trying to legislate and force doctors to be able to give hormone-based therapy to kids, even as young as eight years old, which to me is crazy for children to think a certain way. And now you're going to prescribe medication that are basically puberty blockers. And so you're right, but I think we have to consider, wait a minute, if this is now they're trying to legislate this, then I do think we have to look at each of ourselves and understand that when we go to the ballot box, 
we're either voting for people that are going to push this ideology onto our children or we're going to vote for people who are going to say, nope, not on my watch, because we do have to ask, what is in the best interest of our children? And I don't believe children taking puberty blockers at the age of eight is what's in their best interest when studies actually do show that if they wait until they're after the age of 21, around 24 or 25, overwhelmingly, most of them no longer feel that way. And there's actually evidence of that. So I think that that's, again, why this is so critically important. So I'm glad that you actually did point that out, Danielle, that that they're making decisions for these children or encouraging them to believe a certain way without regard for the consequences later on in their life. And Lisa says that, yes, my, I think this is when we were talking about, um, you know, what's going on in the schools. And she said, yes, my 15-year-old, my 15-year-old daughter was becoming depressed. And, and so uh, and pulled her out of school and she is doing much better now. So I, I think so. A lot of children, I mean, you, you're you forced, you're indoctrinating them with this the, these lies and it's confusing and it can cause it can cause depression and all types of issues. Right. Yes. I also believe it can cause uh, we know it can cause gender confusion. Uh, we also know that it can cause just blatant insecurities as a whole. But I also think that on the other spectrum of this or on the other side is dealing with that there is no moral truth when we know there is. Mm-hmm. We're teaching children to deny what I believe that God has given us in eight, where it's almost like we're trying to reduce truth to flavors of ice cream. I mean, like right now, I mean, think about, so for those who are watching right now or listening, um, how many of you believe that chocolate ice cream tastes better than vanilla? Would you agree with the statement that chocolate is better than vanilla? Now, let's flip that. Would you say that, nope, I think she's wrong. I think vanilla ice cream is better. Oh, David is one. Yes, <laughs> vanilla ice cream is better than chocolate. Now, those correlate to truths. I mean, they're true statements, but they're based on our taste. And that is subjective truth. But in the realm of sexuality, that's now dealing with objective truth. A man, yes, men are born with a reproductive system that has sperm. In fact, when a woman is pregnant with a female baby, did you know that that baby in utero has all of its eggs, all of her eggs that she's going to have for her entire lifetime. From the moment that she's conceived, all of that is naturally within her DNA. So that means that woman who is now pregnant with a baby girl, that baby girl has all of her eggs within her. Those are biological realities, which is that third point that I was talking about, the false idea that truth is just whatever we feel and not what is self-evident, that it's wrong to somehow question or point out something. And that's why I think sometimes the confusion or even the depression is because students don't feel they can ask a question because if they do push back or challenge, they'll be canceled, which what we might talk about later on, or you're seen as a hater. If you point out, well, wait a minute, uh, Miss Stewart, you know, just like I was asking the students today, when you look at me, what do you see? They were, every single one of them was not confused about what sex I was. They weren't like, well, she kind of looks like a guy. No, they knew exactly that I was female because that's what corresponds to the very nature of reality. And we're confusing these kids by teaching them that truth does not correspond to reality. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes about this show, I want to see what see what you, you thought about this. When I was when I was watching this show, and I, I was and I noticed I don't have the clip for it, but the doctor was sort of at first kind of encouraging that 
um, this woman that identifies as a bi this biological woman who identifies as a male get an abortion, you know, because the tumor would then go down. Yes. And I was thinking how much, how different this show would be in some aspects if this is woman, because we don't encourage women in society to make such a sacrifice as, mm -hmm. you know, you, you know, the numbers, if a woman, even if, even if they have a hint that the child may be born different than you and I, um, you know, they have to abort it. Now, you, the child's going to be born different, you know, meaning he's going to be having autism or some other medical mm -hmm. issue. So you should just kill the baby. But what really amazed me, what I was really thinking about, Janique, was uh, we, we undervalue women so much in society. We really do. And in a lot of ways, I think woman is the closest that you get to Christ when it comes to childbirth. Because the woman, she, 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 woman has been given such a gift of through her body comes another body, right? Mm -hmm. um, she gives birth, she gives life through her body. She gives life to another body. That's Christ. Or in the rare instances, thank God more so nowadays, that in the rare instances where women may die in childbirth, how much closer to do we get to the cross than that? And that's Christ. I mean, the woman, the woman has such a beautiful opportunity, so many gifts that that when we, I mean, when we just look at woman, we just see Christ so much in so many ways, and, and especially during pregnancy. And I think we undervalue that. But then this character Rio, um, even though it's completely distorted, even though it's completely demonic, um, we, we we see that she's pregnant and she decides to make this sacrifice, but they're presenting it in such a demonic, distorted way yes. that it's even harder to get. Well, I think what's interesting is, remember the, the scene or the clip that you showed previously where Dr. Murphy is basically saying, um, you know, he's having that conversation with the fiance and basically says that she's choosing the most female act. Right. She is choosing the most female act. And that and he, is- He still gets it at this point. He still gets it. <laughs> he does. He still gets it. He's like, she's choosing the most female act. And then, of course, the fiance says, well, if Rio, it's not female if Rio can do it, which, again, is denying uh, the very nature of reality. But I also think that when we think about what it does mean to be female and the gift that only women have, only women have the power to carry another human being. It's not just a power, but it's a privilege. Mm. It is a privilege to identify. Because think about Jesus Christ came in the form of an embryo and fetus. <laughs> right, right, right. Mary right. had the gift of carrying the savior of the universe. Yeah. So women, we identify with the cross through the suffering and the childbearing. You know, when, when a woman is, is going into labor, that is not something pleasant. I'm sure she's not like, hey, let me have some bonbons. You know, this is so good. It is very painful for her. You know, so there is, even, even in that, there is an identity. There is identifying with, uh, with Christ and even with Mary, who carried the Savior. And one thing I will say. In this, obviously, they're almost encouraging her. In fact, the doctor's words are, uh, since first, well, the doctor is saying, you know, basically our treatment plan depends on mm -hmm. your plans for this pregnancy. Now, it's interesting that they're in, in this episode, and I think even throughout our society, you'll hear people refer to terminating the pregnancy, 
Or, well, we'll see what you do with the pregnancy as if a human being is nothing but a thing. We're not someone's property. But that's how we have we have relegated and reduced pregnancy and the human life to being just a thing, a property that we can just dispel and even just dispense into a toilet, which is what we're doing now with chemical abortions. But that's what we do with a human being. We just get rid of them. We literally dispose of them like paper cups or paper plates. But here's what's also interesting. When Rio woke up the next morning, the patient changes her mind and she says she wants to keep the baby. And so then the doctor begins to change. The doctor says, well, since you're continuing the pregnancy, then we will need to surgically remove the prolactinoma, which is the tumor. And this is when you see the fiance saying, well, wait a minute, do I have a say in this? Yeah, yeah. And then there's this confusion now. And even when you think about the whole conversation about abortion, a woman's right to choose and does a man have a say? And of course, it's interesting. Maybe the next time I come, we'll actually talk about legislation where they're trying to suggest that maybe a man can say, no, you can't kill my child through abortion, Mm. which would be a good thing. So maybe, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that maybe next time. But the the last thing that I do want us to consider is a human being is not someone's property. And literally, they were going to abort a child because that child did not fit into their narrative. Mm -hmm. No human being is someone's property and should be killed, exterminated, because they don't fit into your plans. And even like the patient Rio says, um, it's interesting when, you know, the fiance is arguing with him. He says the, the fiance says, I'm all for us having a family, but I'm not ready for kids. Rio, the trans man, says, well, no one's ever ready for kids. Yesterday, you know, now the fiance say, yeah, but yesterday you said you never considered getting pregnant and now you're willing to risk your life for it. And then Rio says, well, whether we planned it or not, this is our baby. And then he looks to the doctor and says, how soon can you do the surgery? What I find very beautiful here is whether they want to deny the reality of his sex, which is Mm -hmm. he's actually not a man, female. She Mm -hmm. is female. What we see is her acting as a mother. And the most sacrificial thing she can do is say, you know what? Even if it does cost me my life, even if it complicates my life, I'm going to give my life so that you can have life. And that's what Rio decided to do was to go on and and have the baby and let's have a surgery where it was going to be invasive. I think they'd actually have to go into the brain and and deal with the pituitary gland to remove that that pituitary tumor. But that to me was very mother-like of her to say, no matter what, even though we might not have planned it, this is our child and I don't want to kill my child. That was sacrificial. And to me, that was behaving according to her biology right. as a woman. Right, right. And and, and that, I mean, that's, that, man, that's amazing what you said, because in, even when you brought up Mary and you think, you think about Jesus mm-hmm. and what just seems to be um, just just intrinsic to the, the woman's nature at that moment, because I, I, I don't think I caught that. It was the next morning when, when she woke up. But Remember, you know, when Jesus, remember, you know, that incarnation from the moment of his incarnation, not after he came out the womb, but from the moment of his incarnation, he was loved 
by his mother. He was protected, he was protected. by his earthly father, Joseph. And then even when he gets to, she gets to Elizabeth, you know, Elizabeth, she, she's shouting for joy. She loves him in the womb. John the Baptist, you know, he's jumping for joy. He loves his, his cousin or his kinfolk in the womb. So from the very moment of conception, when a baby is in the womb, Rio in the, in this show gets it, whatever happened during, during the night that would happen next when I decided that really that's love. It wasn't an intellectual decision. Mm -hmm. It wasn't logic. No. You know, I think it was, it was love. Right. And like you say, like your ministry says, love, love protects. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, that's exactly what it was. And so it's like, it's very interesting. As you pointed out, there's all this con intentional confusion and trying to change the nature of reality. But regardless of what was going on, her biology allowed her to get pregnant because they did have intercourse between a male and a female. And I believe that it was her biology. It was her maternal instinct that said, wait a minute, this is my child and I want to protect you because I don't believe there's anything natural about abortion. There's nothing natural about the intentional killing of our children. And that's exactly what the unborn is. The unborn according to science, and that's what's interesting, again, we're talking about a medical program, but the science of embryology tells us that the unborn is a living, distinct, meaning separate from mother, but it's a whole human being nonetheless. It's not part of a woman's body. In fact, just because we are in our mother's womb does not mean we are part of her body. In does not mean part of. And so, I, I, again, we have to always deal and go back to the science of embryology is critical. And mm -hmm. that's what this is all about. This scientific episode is dealing with reality on several levels, but also, which they do not want to talk about in the show, there is no such thing as terminating a pregnancy. You do not solve life's problems by eliminating human beings. You know, we might want to eliminate suffering. That's great. But you don't eliminate suffering by eliminating the sufferer. You don't, you know, just like when people say, yeah, but what about hardship and all those things? Listen, hardship does not justify homicide. And that's exactly what's happening with abortion. Make no mistake about it. If there's any confusion for anyone listening, abortion is not ending a pregnancy. Abortion is killing an innocent human being. And so we at the Life Training Institute used to love this. We, use, we love to use this syllogism. It's very simple. First premise, it's wrong to intentionally kill innocent human beings. That's number one. Number two, abortion intentionally kills innocent human beings. So if that's true, then we can logically conclude that abortion is wrong. Because that's exactly what abortion does. And we cannot allow society to diminish the reality of sex, gender, and we cannot allow society to, to diminish what abortion does. It kills an image bearer of God. Right, right. But what happens, Janique? I mean, I think it used to be common. I mean, it's kind of crude. But I mean, for thousands of years, I think if a, if a person looked down into their pants, or I don't know if we used to wear pants, but you know, say <laughs> we look down into the pants and they saw a penis. Yeah, I'm a boy, right? And then if a, if a, if a person of another gender looked down into the pants, they saw vaginas. I'm a girl, and they knew that those two were complementary genders. They knew that boys for girl, girls for boy. They were complementary. They work together, and they produce life. But but now this this I mean, so what happened? I mean, what? <laughs> why don't why why is what's wrong with just gen 
your genitalia, and I think most, 99.99% of people, they do have developed genitalia. So I know people want to throw out the rare instances and all this stuff. Okay, all right. But for, for 99.99% of the cases, what's wrong with genitalia and gender being the determinative? What well, happened? There is nothing wrong with it. The problem is, again, we're dealing with a society that wants to ignore objective truth. And when you divorce society from objective moral truth, then you're saying there is no such thing as truth. That means truth cannot be found. And that means truth cannot be found in reality. Just like when you look in Romans chapter one, where it talks about that the invisible God became real to us when we look at nature. Okay, that there is no excuse. But what did we see in Romans chapter one? It says that God became angry because man exchanged what was natural relations with a woman for natural, for unnatural relations with another man. And women, the same thing. They exchanged natural relations with a man and exchanged that for unnatural with another woman. But we, we can see all throughout reality, all throughout the animal kingdom, it is quite clear that when, for example, if you have a female, my, my twin brother, I'll give you this example. My twin brother, his mm -hmm. he has two little girls, Sophie and Nora, and they really wanted cats. They wanted, now they already have a dog named Ozzy, but they wanted two cats. And so they made an intentional choice. Fine, we'll get them two cats, but they got two boys. Now, why did they get two boys? Because they said, we do not want to have to worry about kittens. Now, two males are not going to produce a right. kitten. Two right. females are not going to produce a kitten. But when a cat is pregnant, we know that she's pregnant with kittens. When a dog is pregnant, when a male dog and a female dog come together, there's puppies. So it's interesting that when a female and male come together, that we want to deny the reality that they can have babies and just right. as we saw in this episode like dr murphy says well wait a minute do you identify as gay because you're having intercourse vaginal intercourse he pointed out and that's how she got pregnant like that is should be reality it should be common sense david but it isn't common sense anymore because we have a school system that is now pushing this agenda in the classroom, even in their sex education, and that's what's critically important, is sex education is now encompassing the whole LGBTQ identity and sexuality. Now, <coughs> speaking of that, excuse me, part of the problem also dealing with, as you said, when you look in your pants, you would know if you're male or female. Well, not according to Facebook. Did you know on Facebook now they have over 71 different sex or genders you can choose from? <laughs> you're really, you're, no. you start laughing you're so funny <laughs> you start laughing but that but think about a young generation that is growing up in the school system because initially think about even the initials it used to be lgbtq and that was pretty much it right. then it became lgbtqia then yeah. lgbtqiapd and there's a whole bunch after that it continues and we continue to allow society to redefine. And the more that you redefine, listen, when you redefine things, they lose their meaning. And just like with marriage, you can try and redefine it. But if marriage can mean everything, then essentially it means nothing.
Yeah, yeah. And that's a great part. I think Lisa, Lisa brings up as well. There's a couple more. And thanks to all you guys for um in, in the in the combine. You got so many comments here for Janique. And I am talking to Ms. Janique Stewart, who's a pro-life leader. She's on pro-life Wednesdays here. She usually be on my radio show, but I'm glad she's here talking to you. Um, Danielle. So Danielle backed up your science. You said some brought a point earlier. So Danielle said during a study, 80% of children, 80% of children who believed. Mm -hmm. They were trans who did not take puberty blockers, ended up just being comfortable in their own body. And as you exactly. said, people usually mm -hmm. um, grow out of that. Mm -hmm. And then. Um, Thank you, Danielle. Very good. Yes. And that's exactly one of the stats I was talking about. Very good. And then Lisa brought up the fact that um, it's, 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 this, this is another thing that we see common. We saw with, with people trying to redefine marriage or redefine so many different things. They, they can always come up a new way to define something, right? Um, so because they use the word assigned as far as gender rather than identify or instead of being identified as male or female, they take control of the language. How can we, how can, what's the best ways, Janique, to push back against um, those who want to just make up new words to define new things or redefine words that we know to make up new truths. An excellent point, Lisa. Thank you for bringing that up. I, that is called like hijacking language. And I think that we have to push back. And so for me, I, I do not allow people, listen, you can say what it is that you want, but when I'm speaking, I'm going to use the proper terminology. So just like when I was talking about the sex change operations, they're trying to change the sex. I'm very intentional about that rather than just saying, like she brought up, like Lisa brought up, saying, oh, they were assigned the wrong sex at birth. Now that makes it sound like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, I didn't realize I transposed two numbers. No. That is not transposing two numbers when you're writing down someone's phone number. That would be assigning the wrong number or, oh, I was looking at something on files and I assigned the wrong box. No, you didn't check mark the wrong box. What people are trying to do is change sexuality because to change something means you're trying to take it from its original state and change it to something else. And so that's why I'm very intentional with terminology. It doesn't mean, and I want to point this out too, it doesn't mean that I'm not loving my neighbor. I can still love my neighbor who is LGBTQ and specifically in this context, we're talking about those who are identify as trans. Just because they identify that way does not mean that, or because they're confused, does not mean that I need to be confused. And it doesn't mean I need to agree with your confusion or affirm your confusion. Mm. So to me, when I'm dealing with individuals who identify that way, you identify that way. I will still choose to identify you as a human being. And because you're a human being made in the image of God, guess what? I'm called to love you. But loving you does not mean that I have to agree with you or affirm your feelings. Right. Right. And that would not be love because love is true, right? No, love, according to 1 Corinthians 13, says love rejoices in the truth. It doesn't say mm. love rejoices in your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Danielle H says, where can we find Miss Stewart? I absolutely love her courage and intelligence. Jenny, can you tell them Thanks, where they can Danielle. find you again? So you can find me. I am on Facebook. Um, so Janique Stewart. I am also obviously with the Life Training Institute and uh, Love Protects. I'm also on Instagram, Janique Stewart. And I actually will be posting more content 
Um, and there are some other things that I'm working on, some other projects I'm working on that will be coming out more that I'll be probably covering with you, hopefully, David, in the future, like around the April timeframe to really kind of have more of these conversations, because I do think that we do have to consider what role is media, the media trying to play mainstream media, and not just like the news coverage, but when it comes to streaming services with Netflix, when we're talking about like ABC with Grey's Anatomy or with this, with The Good Doctor, what role are they trying to play with regards to these conversations and these themes? And more importantly, what worldview are they pushing? Yeah. How are they? Because a lot of times, I don't think parents realize children are being taught, not just when they're in the classroom, but they're, they're also being taught by a worldview that is prevalent in television and what they're seeing. I mean, honestly, I was so shocked with this episode. I couldn't turn from it. I'm like, nope, I want to see how they play this out. And I was shocked how every single time, like even one of the very opening scenes, I don't know if you caught the very first opening scene when they're diagnosing this patient with this pituitary uh, gland when, or this pituitary uh, tumor, when the, the doctor is putting information into the computer. Yeah, and let me play that. Oh, yeah. you have it. Oh, good. <laughs> Our medical record system, on the other hand, it has you listed as female. Probably because of the pap smears. Software clearly needs a trans update. Deep breath. I'll fix it so everything is correct going forward. Please confirm your gender and pronouns. Male, he, him, his. Thanks for asking. We're the ones with the messed up software. We're the ones with the messed up software. No, the, the computer is the problem. Exactly. <laughs> the computer is the problem. Okay. Now that's interesting. That is so interesting. Oh, we're the ones with the messed up software. Hmm. It's interesting. Wow. So this is what we're dealing with. And then, of course, asking, so how do you, you know, basically, you know, what are your pronouns or how do you identify he, you know, man or male, he, his, all those kinds of things. And it's like, no wonder there's so much confusion for a student to say to me, but miss, I thought truth is, is whatever, is whatever people feel, or I thought it was whatever people want it to be. That's a problem. Because that means we're saying there is no truth or that truth is not something real that we can know. And that's what I encourage anyone that has children or even grandchildren, please, as you have these conversations and, and don't, you know, when they have shows like this, I believe those are teachable moments that we can right. impact our kids yeah. with right. truth. Don't right. shy away from it. We need to use that time to be able to draw them back to the very nature of reality that God does not make mistakes because the other aspect, and this is the last point I want to make with regards to this, is I believe, I don't think we realize what we're doing, but when we affirm trans ideology, you know what we're actually affirming? The yeah. idea that God makes mistakes. Oh. God does not make mistakes. He did not need our help when he was making the universe. When he made and separated the expanse and made night from day, when he put the, the stars in the sky, when he separated and made the, the great light, the sun, and the smaller light, as it says in Genesis, the moon, when he created the, the fish in the sea, when he created the birds of the air, when he created human beings on day six, he did not make a mistake because he says he made them male and female. He didn't add 71 different categories or more. And whenever we identify 
with the trans ideology, I don't think we realize what we're doing is we're saying God is not the perfect God that he is, that he makes mistakes and that he needs our help to improve it. Right. He doesn't need our help. We are perfectly, as it says in Psalm 139, we are fearfully and perfectly made the way that we are. Yeah, 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 that's beautiful. And um, I know we don't get much time left, but I want to get to um, the attack on women before we, we head off. Um, Ghost, um, um, and I like, you know, I admire you because you nigga, I admire you for like, I, I thought that's what I thought of girls. I thought of some this, this show on stars that, um, I used to watch on um, power, but I admire you for engaging in secular culture because you'll watch these shows that, you know, as Christians, you know, we're saying, oh, we're not supposed to watch it because it's demonic and stuff like that, but you'll watch it so that you'll know what the culture is doing and know how to engage it because you're out here speaking to these, because you're watching a lot of the stuff they're watching. And so I admire you so much for having the patience and, and having a, obviously a deep prayer life uh, to be able to watch these things and not, you know, not, not, not be harmed. But Go says, thank you for standing up for biological women. Um, Hashtag sex, not gender. Hashtag LGBT drop. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, women are under attack. Uh, I mean, to ghost. Thank you for that comment. <laughs> and women are under attack. Um, we saw with Joe Biden recently. Um, you know the the thing with attacking women in in sports. Yes. Um, you know, my, you know, if I had a, a son, you know, he could go out and wrestle some girls now and those girls would be denied a scholarship for in athletics. Women are under attack right now. And even with this show, you know, you could be, I don't know what the whole sex, gender, transgender mean. I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not smart enough to understand what that means, but apparently men can be women in which means what is woman now? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, let's actually talk about the whole attack on women. And I do think that's important. I think our culture is attacking women. Really, first and foremost, not just attacking women. Culture is attacking the image of God. Mm. Culture is attacking the Imago Dei. It's attacking God and trying to remove him from our world. And that means it's attacking then his humanity and that we're made in the very image of God and that God is a specific God. God is a God of specificity and he has made us male and female. So there's a distinction. It doesn't mean that we're uh, bad, but those differences were intentional and those distinctions are important. And so now what we have is we're trying to create a gender neutral society. Go to McDonald's. I love it when you go to McDonald's and you get, you can have the vanilla or the chocolate or the swirl, right? Which is both of them together. It's almost like we want to create a gender neutral society where there are no distinctions. Well, I'm sorry to break the news to you, but there is, and there are distinctions and they're beautiful. Mm. And so when we look at the sports world, we do have to talk about that. And maybe even we can talk about this later on more in detail, because I would like to look at some of the legislation that we need to be aware of. Because in the sports world, especially like even in schools, they're trying to not only allow a male to go into a female bathroom and vice versa, that's how they identify, but they're also trying to allow men to compete as women. And yes, women to compete as men, but you don't hear nearly as many issues of women wanting to compete as men. We do have men wanting to compete as women. Now, there's a reason why in every sport there is a female division and a male division. 
Why? Because men and women are inherently different. And I find it very interesting. And maybe the next time I come back, I'd love to talk about this because is it Venus or Serena Williams that had the baby? Oh, Serena. Okay, so Serena Williams was actually did an interview a couple of years ago, and they were talking about how she is like the, the greatest of all time when it comes to like female tennis players, which is true. And basically they were saying, you know, imagine if you had to play against men. And she even said, oh my gosh, I might be great like as a female, but if I had to compete against men, she's like, I wouldn't be anywhere. She's like, because there's a difference between male tennis and female right. tennis. She was right. humble enough to admit truth that there's no way she'd be able to compete in the men's world. And she's an amazing tennis and player. And she I mean, is. She's like the greatest of all time. But she acknowledged that reality. And so when we talk about sports, whether it's with whatever Biden is trying to push through with, with that type of legislation, saying that men should be able to compete in the female sports, we're actually hurting women. And that means women are going to be denied scholarships because yeah. you know what? They're competing against a man that has lipstick on and a wig and a skirt. But that's not a that's not a woman. That is a man. And yeah. we've we have and unfortunately, I do believe that it is hurting females. That's not really empowering us. It's actually taking away from us. Just like abortion does not empower us. You do not empower a woman by forcing her or saying that she has the power to eliminate another human being. That's murder. I'm sorry, but since when in our society do we think that empowering people means that you can murder another human being? And the same thing, giving someone an unfair advantage, because we know men and women are not going to run at the same speed. So if you have a man running as a female, he of course is going to bypass by far all of the females. That's right. not helping them. And that means those girls who would be out front with that gold or silver yeah. are now yeah. going to finish all the way at the back. So yeah. that's not helping women. That's actually hurting them. Yeah. And I hate it. But you do you. So this is Talking Catholic with David. Great. Thanks, Janique, for coming on. I appreciate you. And um, we're at the hour mark. But uh, for everyone, make sure you guys get out there and learn more about Janique Stewart. Um, and once again, Janique, where, did they, where can they find you at? So you can find me on Facebook, Janique Stewart, J-A-N-N-I-Q-U-E, and then Stewart, S-T-E-W-A-R-T, just like Martha Stewart, cousin Martha. <laughs> and then also on Instagram, same thing, Janique Stewart. And then, of course, the websites, I'm with the Life Training Institute, which is ProLifeTraining.com, again, ProLifeTraining.com, and then also my own ministry called Love Protects loveprotects.com so that's where you can find me and that's so good having you back on i hope to see you next month see if we figure out some yes. time I, yeah definitely she's one of my favorite people in the world and um but until then and until next time blessings and shalom thank you. To you and blessings to all of you as well amen hi everybody thank you for watching subscribe here to get the latest from the show also be sure to check out the content you've missed if you'd like to keep supporting my work, consider joining my team on Patreon, where you'll be gifted great perks like books, hoodies, and mugs. Thanks again.